How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 213 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week's episode is a listener's question, and it's quite a long question, but it is one that I think is going to, there's going to be elements of it that are going to apply to a huge amount of people, particularly in Ireland. Um, I could certainly say that some of the the elements of the question apply to me, my garden, and my site, and I think they probably will you know, relate to a lot of other people as well. And so the answer or the solution hopefully will will help people as well. So to start off, the, the question comes from a long-time listener. It's Stephen Daly. Uh, Stephen, as I say, a long-time listener of the podcast and has, you know, quite a good garden. We spoke to Stephen before, actually, for episode one, 100. And, yeah, his question, as I said, is going to relate to probably a good few of you. So the question is, I have a problem which I'd say might be similar to that faced by many, many listeners, or at least the solution could be common to many issues. My home is on a 1.2 acre site with 0.3 of an acre, which is a veg garden, 0.4 of an acre lawn stroke meadow, and the other 0.5 being the house and large wraparound driveway yard. The driveway stroke yard is way too big for our needs, which means that the workable garden feels too far away from the house. The driveway is currently all 804 stone, which is not great to look at and walk on. The plan is to greatly reduce the area of the driveway and return the area reclaimed to garden. I could get a machine in and scrape off the the surface and then buy topsoil, but the budget will be tight after paying for a new driveway. So I was thinking I could possibly leave the 804 stone and use it as planting media for at least a portion of the area. Obviously, it won't be turned back into lawn. And I've been hearing a lot about turning brown, brownfield sites into gardens and working with the rubble and concrete on these sites rather than ripping everything out and starting over. I'm figuring out that the planting might be quite specific as the conditions would be different to the other grass stroke meadow in the area. And I might, it mightn't even be a runner at all, but I thought it was at least worth considering. Others might have bought a new house and the builder dumped rubble, etc. in the garden with a tin cover of soil, which may not be great media for, for a traditional garden. After, after st- saving for a new house, they might have the, not have the budget to dig it out and start again. And with, so, with soil, so working with, working with what's there could be the only option. Just thought I'd share and let me know what you think. And there's kind of a few elements in this. And Stephen is right. I think the answers will probably be relatable to a lot of people. So the first element which Stephen mentions is definitely relatable to me here. When we went to build this house back in 2005, we, we had to have two acres. So that was the minimum site that we were allowed to have. And on top of that, then, we, were, we had to be so many meters back from the road. Um, I forget what it was at the time, but like it's, a, it's a good few meters back. So the two-acre site, it's far too big for you know, a house in the countryside. But that was the site that, had to be, that you had to have. And that's one element. So the site has become or is bigger than what we would require. And to be honest, what most people require, the rule, the rules and regulations have changed slightly since then. And I suppose that means that, you know, you can get away with less. If you think back to the old traditional cottages in Ireland, they had, you know, they were quite close to the road. Uh, A lot of these were on smaller country roads, but the garden ran right up to the house. But you had these little small um, gardens at the front 
and then typically there was a a vegetable garden either at the back or to the side but in a scenario here like what we have we're whatever it is 50 meters i would say from the center of the road right to the front of the house and that area then has to be something uh, so it's 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 very very tricky and you do end up with you know a bigger than area than you'd like so that's the first element and that's where it relates to me so as Stephen said the yard is way too big for our needs the other element of it is at that time you know the typical construction was build your house put pathways directly around the house outside of that have your driveway and if possible most of the time those driveways run the whole way around the house and then outside of that you have lawn hedge and so on and there again you can see why you know this may this situation may end up being you know where your garden or your workable garden is quite a bit away from the house so in a scenario like i just mentioned your pathways around the house your driveway outside of that again your curbs your lawn and then typically your veg garden gets kind of pushed down away from it uh, so i can understand why you know the workable garden as stephen says is quite a bit away and that's certainly the case for me as well i don't actually find that to be much of an issue um you know generally speaking it's it's still quite easily accessible and it's not really a problem but i could see why you know and when i'm talking about growing your own food and the grow your own food courses i talk about making that garden as a, as accessible as possible because you want you want to have really low um it needs to be very easy to run out and pick a head of lettuce some spring onions, some salad leaves. And if it feels in any way, you know, if it's a wet day and it's awkward to go out there, then you don't use it as much. And what you want is that you want to integrate that into your, into your home, into your day-to-day -day life, into your family life. And that's really important. Then the other element of it is, and I see a lot of the garden designers now, as I said, the driveway around the house the curbs the footpaths directly up to the house that was typical of you know say when my house was built in in 2005 which only feels like yesterday but in reality when you look at it it's it's heading for for 20 years ago and i would say all of the designers now are sort of changing and the designs are basically bringing the outdoors in and trying to kind of merge the two so that it doesn't look like here's a house stuck in the middle of a field they're blending them in so they're they're the garden becomes an extension of the home and that's you know all of the garden designers are doing that now and it does look and feel a lot better the really good kitchen gardens would feel like that they're they're aesthetic they're beautiful and they're an extension of the home and i suppose that's you know, that's where this change is coming. And this is why Stephen is looking at this. Then to specifically relate to this question, the driveway is 804. 
which is basically, you know, a, a stone, a small stone that has been leveled out, typically a limestone chip, has been skimmed in on top of the ground. And, you know, it's a, it's a nice surface for driving on it initially. And then over time, you obviously want to upgrade it or you're, you're looking to change it or, or make it look a little bit more aesthetic and so on. So the, the issue, as I see it, is that, that there's, a, there's a few things going on here. Yes, a lot of the driveways, a lot of the sites are too big. Yes, in some cases, the, the workable garden or the usable garden feels separated from the house whereas in fact what we're trying to do these days is actually as i say merge them into one and you're running flower beds right into the house you're parking cars you know kind of in parking zones not necessarily right up to the house and then you're bringing your garden right up to your you know your paving areas your windows and making it feel softer all around it and a lot of people are trying to, you know, take out these type driveways now. So I suppose to get specific with this question and also to relate it to, you know, where somebody is 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 moved into a, a house and you, they have builder's rubble underneath, topsoil on top, and to try and come up with a remedy here. It is absolutely possible to do what Stephen is talking about, but where either don't take away much or you just put topside in on top of this and basically create your garden on top of the driveway. Um, that is possible. The same goes for a new build where you're going in. If there's builder's rubble in there, it doesn't mean that it's a complete write-off. The whole thing has to be dug out, to which is a big expense, digging that out and then replacing it with, with topside. It may not have to be done. But the big caveat to all of this is it depends what is under that, that driveway stone. So what we're really talking about here is most ground, you know, there's the usual, if you, if you go into a green, greenfield site, there is already, there's the top soil, there's the subsoil, and there's a structure there. And typically that structure is working, has been working for centuries more than likely it's able to soak water drain water in most cases and that structure is almost impossible to make you know to, to remake it has occurred naturally over time and that is the big thing there's time involved in it and as i say it's very very difficult to replicate it so Getting a you know a big machine in, scraping off all the soil, and then trying to build a soil back up on top of it, a functional soil back up on top of it is extremely difficult. The way the best way I see to do it is and for you know specific to Stephen's question and to relate to people who are in housing estates, you can absolutely build the soil over time, so long as there isn't drainage issues. If there is drainage issues then we have a problem because what's, what we need to do over time is we need to add organic matter because what we need to do is we need to start recreating soil. But the best way to do that is by adding organic matter and getting it to happen naturally. But you will never get them in there. Earthworms, you know, the, the soil microbiology will never enter there 
will never improve the soil if there's a drainage issue. So in other words, if the soil is waterlogged. And that's the, the crux of this, whether, whether for Stephen or whether for somebody who's moved into a new house and they're trying to sort out the back garden. A brilliant example of that is uh, I got a picture sent to me the other day from somebody who has a back garden and it's absolutely completely compacted. So there's a lawn there. The lawn is not thriving. They have uh, young, young children who are out playing football, kicking on slide, going up and down slides, swings and whatever else. And the lawn is an absolute mess. But the reason it's a mess is that it's just completely waterlogged underneath. It's not that the it's not that the soil is not working or or will not work. The soil will work, but at the moment it's choked because it's waterlogged, and that's that's the issue. Now, granted, we've had exceptional rain over the last year, and particularly over the last few months, exceptional rain. I don't know many times we've talked over the over the year about how wet it has been, and it certainly has. And that's why these issues are coming to the fore. So for someone who's moved into a new house and who wants to get a back garden, you know, into a workable, into a workable garden, then it's absolutely possible, even if there's builders rubble under there, so long as the, as the ground is relatively free draining. Because without that free drainage, you cannot get earthworms in there. The soil microbiology will not thrive in there. And then, because of that, your soil just becomes non-functional as a garden. To get specific with Stevens, I don't know if it's if it's uh, waterlogged, but I suspect it's not because it's a driveway. So, so long as it's not too compacted underneath, and so long as there is, you're able to get some relatively good drainage in there, you can absolutely build your new garden in onto this driveway. Organic matter will be your friend because by getting you know, layers of organic matter and adding to it over time. This doesn't have to be, you know, all done in one go. By adding to it and feeding it over time, eventually you, you will start to get a lot of movement of earthworms and you'll get structure into the soil that's there. And the 804 that's there will sort of get mixed through. Eventually this will happen naturally and you will absolutely be able to build your garden in on top of that. But it all depends on whether there is relatively good drainage there. If it's waterlogged, then something deeper needs to be done beforehand because otherwise the issue won't get to a point where it'll sort itself out. And that is the, the biggest issue, particularly in urban areas and in that, that picture that I was sent yesterday. So what has happened is there's a line of you know 15 or 20 houses. Initially, when those houses are being built, they're... There's no you know, fences or walls at the back of those. And you have all of the services coming out from the house, the, the rainwater, the, the, the sewerage, all of the, you know, the electrical works, all of that comes, is ran through pipes and uh, various ducting all around the house. And during that process, there's a lot of heavy tracking on the soil. And particularly on big sites, it tends to be with big, big machines, you know, 15, 20 ton track machines. And when that happens, you're getting compaction and compaction and compaction. Typically, these are done, you know, they have to keep moving wet days, dry days. You know, if you were doing this in, in your one-off house, you wouldn't go near things like that 
and you wouldn't track on your ground on really bad days but it's different on a site they you know they have to keep moving they have to keep they have deadlines to meet they have targets to meet and bloody blast so they will continue tracking on that no matter what's going on and then at the end as Stephen says there'll be a skim of you know topsoil put in to finish them and to put lawns in and then the the last stage of fences and whatever else goes in but that's the challenge if there is this huge compaction then compaction will lead to water logging the water logging means that you won't have soil life in there and if you don't have soil life in there it won't function so you'll end up in a situation where whether it's a lawn when you get wet time there's no there's no solid root zone as soon as you get a bit of traffic from children playing football or whatever it is it's it's waterlogged the grass is, is patchy doesn't look good or if you're trying to develop a garden things just don't thrive so so long as there is so long as there is good drainage then it's absolutely possible to amend that soil in such a way that it will become a fully functional perfect garden and to do what Stephen wants to do here you can do it absolutely and it doesn't mean that you need to dig out everything there. Would you need to adjust your, your planting to, you know, to suit this sort of created planting zone? I would say once you have drainage, you don't need to adjust it in any great way. You know, you think of typical prairie style planting. There's going to be a lot of grasses there, happy enough if, if they're in some form of soil some form of stone is there as well you know they're going to they're going to thrive in situations like that most perennial planting if you're adding organic matter will get enough there in that uh, the only thing you might struggle with is potentially some maybe deep rooted trees you might need need to just do a little bit more work around that planting zone if it was something you know like a deep rooted tree but generally speaking you'll be able to amend the soil enough with organic matter and that could be you know in the situation of perennial beds or anything like that that could be mushroom compost which is cost effective or you know if it's your vegetable garden it could be higher quality compost but definitely once the drainage and once that you know that element of it is there you would be absolutely able to able to create a garden on top of that and i can imagine you know you're going to bring your garden closer to your house looking at the as i said the modern garden designs now they're merging the house and the garden together moving people from one to the other without the transition of you know pathways and and uh, driveways and so on it's a lot more connected i guess and so yeah i can see yeah why that would be a question I can see why it would be something that a lot of people may have uh, as regards specific uh, you know Stephen hasn't said specifically what kind of planting he would like to do there but I think you're not limited whatever whatever type of planting you would want to do so long as there is drainage you'll be able to amend the soil enough to to get that done and then as I say you'll be able to move the the workable garden a lot closer to your house and I suppose connect everything a little bit better. So I hope that helps, Stephen. Um, and you're right; it it probably is an issue that, or there's elements of it that would be an issue for a lot of people. Certainly, the back garden, and you know that 
builders rubble and all that sort of thing that that can be a lot of people's issues and it can be hard to sort out if you have all that compaction and and lack of drainage in your situation i suspect that you're going to be you're going to be able to do this quite easily and quite cost effectively as you said once the new driveway is done you know the budget is not going to be there to do a huge amount of remedial work but i don't think you need to so long as so long as your drainage is good so i hope that helps Stephen. and uh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one that I think others will will have issues with at times. I'd off, you know, you'll often see it. The only, I think, the only area where you can really struggle to build a garden is in really heavy waterlogged soil, and that, for me, the reason for that is because it's very hard to get soil life going in there. Whereas any other any other type of soil it's possible to build soil life in there. And that is vital. If your soil is functioning, if you have that life in there, then most other things thrive. There's the odd exception, obviously, you know, you have, if you have something like dry shade, soil life doesn't do overly well there, but there are certain plants that thrive in that space, you know, things like that. So there is, you know, small exceptions to that. But for most, for most cases, you'll be able to, you'll be able to get what you want done here, so long as you have no no drainage issues, drainage is certainly uh, something that's needed in our gardens at the moment. It continues to rain; hasn't really stopped this long time. Sowing is well underway. Definitely, we're hoping that you know over the next few weeks the weather will start to turn spring-like. The big, huge plus, as I said in the episode two weeks ago. Is that the days are really stretch, stretching out now we're getting brighter mornings we're getting brighter evenings and by the end of the month we'll have you know a long time of extra daylight in the day hopefully that you know is driving your seedlings on and you're getting sowing still still quite early so proceeding with caution still but yeah we we can get going and it's really nice to feel and see that that extension in the days for any of you that are hoping to get onto the Grow Your Own Food launch pads, so to, to recap again, there's the course, which is over four hours of Grow Your Own Food tutorials. It's taking you through start to finish everything you need to go away and grow your own food this year, uh, from setup to first harvest. On top of that, added on a monthly basis is the complete comprehensive monthly sewing guides. And that's available to view whenever you want a uh, €97 Euro lifetime access. And on top of that, then there's a launch pad. So this is where people are looking for extra support. If someone is you know, looking to do this for the first time or if somebody is upping their game and or they have been struggling. A couple of the messages for people who are, who are doing the course already is that they now see where they were going wrong last year, the certain things that they were doing last year, the gluts, the you know the issues with certain crops, why they had them, and that that's how the course is helping them. So it's really it's really helping people to either get started or to improve what they've already been doing. But the launch pad will the course itself is available right through you know probably until the end of May, but the launch pad closes at the end of February. So if you're in by the end of February you're in until until the end but if not it won't be open again until this time next year what's extra in the 
launchpad is that we will do at least one monthly call and that will outline the plan for the month. It will specifically answer questions. Ideally, we'll have them sent in beforehand, but not, we can do them live. Uh, it'll answer questions specific to your garden, answers you know, your struggles, whatever that is. Uh, it's interesting to see what some people are struggling with. A lot of it seems to be the planning piece and ensuring that there's no you know, gluts and uh, that there's continuity of, of continuity of supply, I guess. So yeah, they're all they're all the things. But up until the end of February, you can jump in there. Again, I'll put the the links in the show notes. So just click through for the launch pad. It's 197. That still gives you full lifetime access to the course, which is 97 euro. But for an extra hundred, you have on group calls with myself over the next few months and answering specific questions related to your garden. So it gives you that launch pad to get growing and get growing really well. So covering everything, growing your own food, uh, sowing seeds, fruit, vegetables, herbs, the whole lot. And yeah, that's uh, closing at the end of the month. So just keep an eye on that. If you're thinking of joining, just you sort of only have two weeks left to do that and then it closes and then we'll get started with the group that are in there at that time. And uh, yeah, that's um, this week's episode. A couple of good, interesting guest interviews coming up in the next few weeks and you know we'll be continuing with our our monthly our monthly what to do and so on over the next couple of weeks as well hopefully by the time we chat next week it will have at least stopped raining and we'll be starting to see the benefit of these longer days but for now that's been this week's episode thanks for listening and until the next time happy gardening (music) 